Hi, everybody. Welcome to It's in the Book. I'm your host, Kelly, and I am so glad you are joining me today. You could have been listening to any other podcast. You could have been doing something else with your time, but you are here today listening to me seeking revelation, confirmation, and affirmation from the word of God. So I thank you tremendously for the time that you've invested in listening today. Before I get into our content, I want to check in with those of you who are doing 40 Days of Focus. How are you? Doing okay? Struggling a little bit? Drowning? (laughs) Maybe you're excelling. Maybe you're flying high. Which one is it? If you are listening to this podcast on the Spotify app, you can leave me a little voice message to let me know. Maybe there's an area where you are struggling and you need prayer. You can let me know that too. I'm happy to stand in the gap for you. I wanted to say that I am actually improving in the area of avoiding entertainment that is not kingdom connected, but now I'm struggling in tithing my two hours and 40 minutes of quiet time with the Lord. My devotional time is still fine. However, it's become, just because it's been so busy, there were four days last week where I just really struggled to find the extra time to even sit down uh, and, and eat, honestly, it was just so busy. So that time was hard to get, but I will continue to work toward that. I do get like a good hour and maybe 10 minutes for devotional time, but I need to get in that other hour and a half because that quiet time is really important. It's not just important in terms of, you know, getting focused, but it's also important for listening to the Lord, like just being able to hear from him. I think we get, we pray and we ask the Lord for things. We talk to the Lord, but then immediately after we talk to him, we say, oh, okay, I'm done talking. And we get up and we go off and do our, and, you know, do our things and live our lives and have our families and, you know, do, you know, go do all the things, but we're not paying attention. We're not giving God time to answer. We're not giving him space to answer. We talk and then we walk as opposed to talking, listening, and then following. So I want to do better with that. I really do. And so would y'all pray for your girl? Just pray that I'm much more intentional about giving God his full two hours and 40 minutes, which is the 10% tithe of my time every day. Anywho, let's get into our content for today's episode, which I have titled Arrested Development. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we worship you. We call you Lord. We call you Master. We call you Adonai. We thank you so much for this assembling of ourselves, oh God, that we are able to come together, God, to share in revelation, confirmation, and affirmation from your word. Lord, would you just show us ourselves in this scripture today, Lord? Would you give us the right interpretation, God? Would you help us to hear from you through your word today, Lord? Lord, we would be so grateful, God, if we could just if we could just hear from you, God, 
if you could just communicate to us precisely what it is that you want us to hear. God, I believe that everybody listening is hearing from you at the appointed time, the time that they need to hear this word most. God, the time when they are seeking you and they don't even know why. Lord, so I ask you to use this platform, Lord, to speak to people, those who are lost, but God, also those who just need clarity. In the name of Jesus, I pray with thanksgiving. Amen. All right. So as I'm recording this, it is actually maybe about, let's see what time it is right now. Okay. So it's not yet eight o'clock and it's Thursday morning, right? And you're going to be listening to this tomorrow. Okay. Well, it drops tomorrow, but I want y'all to know I am not that kind of person. Those of you who know me well know that I am a planner and preparer. So recording this on Thursday is clearly God's doing because I have had so many takes of this particular episode where I thought we were going to be talking about a different issue. I thought, surely, um, you know, we can address the sin issue, right? This whole being in the dark and being in the light and trying to balance those two things, but being overcome by darkness because let's face it, it makes your flesh feel good. And so I thought we were going to talk about the sin issue in the world, but this morning, and I literally mean in my devotional time this morning, I got up this morning at 5 a.m. The Lord would not let me stay in place. I I was tired and I said, Lord, I'm just going to have my devotional time in my bedroom this morning. And I actually have a, uh, a prayer room. I have a room that's my well, I call it my dressing room, but it has been consecrated for prayer. And so I was not going to go into my prayer room this morning. I said, Lord, I'm just going to pray in my bedroom today because uh, I'm a little tired. and I'm a little drained. And I pulled up my abide devotional and it was talking about <laughs> it's it literally said, go into your prayer closet. So I'm like, oh, Lord, like it's cold in here and I just want to go. I just want to stay in my bed. And the Lord was like, sis come on, let's go to holy ground. I got something to say to you. So, you know, I'm in there and I'm just praying and the Lord just starts dropping these, just pouring into me, like, you need to talk about faith and I need you to talk about faith. I need you to talk about fear. I need you to go back and talk about authority because people need to know, like, yes, they know their weapons of mass destruction, but they really need to understand the alignment of faith and authority and the, 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 the opposition of fear. So I'm like, well, Lord, well, what you want me to say? Because I can't just go on there and just start talking to people. I need a word. I need a word. I need a word. And this is a a, a thing that I, I, I say to the Lord all the time that, Lord, I trust you so much. All you got to do is speak a word. You just have to speak. And I know that it's done. You just have to speak. And I'll know that it's you. I'll know that it's true. Just speak. And the Lord said, that's it. That's what they need to hear. So I said, all right, Lord. Like, I, <laughs> what am I supposed to do with that, God? I don't know what to say to these people. So he gave me a word. 
I'm going to read this word to you. And I don't know if y'all could tell, I'm super excited, but I'm very tired. So I had to get some coffee to kind of ching, ching, like jar, <laughs> like a pinball machine. Um, and unfortunately, creamer was not in my budget. So this is just straight black coffee. But hey, you know, ain't nothing wrong with black, is it? It's nothing wrong with black. We love black over here. So let's get into this word. Scripture reading is as follows, coming from Matthew chapter eight. I'm reading verses five through 13. I am always reading from the New King James Version. If I'm not reading from the New King James, I'm reading from the old King James, okay? I like me a little, uh, thus saith the Lord every now and then. Um, but anyway, so this sec this passage of scripture is um, an illustration of the faith of the Roman centurion. Now, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him pleading with him saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. Um, the book of Luke chapter seven, verse two actually says the servant was dear to him and was sick and ready to die. Uh, verse seven in uh, Matthew, and Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. And I say to you that many will come from east and west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, but the sons of the kingdom will be cast out into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, go your way. And as you have believed, so let it be done for you. And his servant was healed that same hour. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Okay. Let's get into this word. Let's get into it. Okay. So in my devotional time this morning, I was really just sitting and listening. I mean, I prayed, you know, but I feel like I, there was a season in my life. I don't feel that way. I know that. But there was a season in my life when I had to learn that my prayer time wasn't just sitting and, you know, sitting and talking to God, like just filling the air with my thoughts, which is okay because we're in a personal, intimate relationship with God. We're free to be vulnerable with Him and share the things that we think or the things that we feel that may not necessarily be accepted by human ears and human hearts. And so, you know, I used to do that during my devotional time, but then I developed like this understanding of devotional time, not just as a time where I was praying and reading devotionals, but 
where I was devoting time to God, right? And so I think very often about the parallel between our earthly relationships and our relationship with God. And I try to treat God the way I treat my my husband, right? So like, I want to be vulnerable. I want him to be a safe place for me. I want God to listen, but I also want him to communicate, right? And I think a lot of us get caught up in, well, Lord, you know, I'm not hearing from God. He's not speaking. And, but are you quiet? Really? Are you quiet? And when I'm talking to you, I'm talking to me because that was my devotional time. I wasn't quiet. And y'all know me. Y'all know I could talk. Okay. But I wasn't quiet. And maybe you're not hearing because you're not being quiet. Maybe you're not being quiet long enough to, to hear. So just hush, shush, shush. Okay. It's okay. It's okay to say what you need to say and then sit there and listen for God to respond. Sometimes God's going to show up for you like a still small voice, but then there are other times when he's going to um, show up through somebody else's voice. There are times when God will just show up as a tugging on your heart, a compulsion, an urgency. There are times when you know God presents himself as like, like a sixth sense, you know, um, I have as a mother or as a father, even, you know, I would just say as a parent, there have been times when you have had, if you're a parent, maybe you're not a parent, maybe you're an older sibling or, or maybe you're just in a, a in intimate relationship with somebody and you get that feeling that's like, call this person, check on this person, you know, um, that matters. And I believe that at times that's the Holy Spirit. Sometimes that's your anxiety. So you need to be careful about that. That's why it's important to have your quiet time with the Lord so that you develop um, a knowing of his voice. You You know what his voice sounds like. The Bible says, my sheep know my voice. And so that's why that time is important. But having said all that, I was sitting and listening after I talked to the Lord this morning. And I really wasn't even praying, asking him to give me a word for y'all. I believed that he had already given me a word to give you. And he had, but that word I think is for a different season, just not for what, you know, not for this season. And the word he gave me this morning was just speak to my people about faith and fear. And how oftentimes we are responding in faith and that arrests our fear. I'm I'm sorry. Yes, that's right. Thank you, Lord. That's right. (laughs) But it's also the other way around, that when we respond in fear, it arrests our faith. Oh, my goodness. Lord, you gave me that like just off the fly. See, you waste nothing. Thank you, Lord. God, you're so good. Anyway, so yes, both. There, When we respond in fear, it arrests our faith. But when we respond in faith, it arrests our fear. And so in Matthew, what we're looking at with the centurion, he could have responded in fear. 
Luke chapter seven, verse two reiterates this story with different details. And it says, and a certain centurion servant who was dear to him was sick and ready to die. Those of you who have ever had to care for someone with a chronic illness or a terminal illness, oh my God. Oh, Holy Spirit, I just, I thank you. You know how easy it is to respond in fear. You know how easy it is to slip into crisis mode and damage control. And Lord, I need to fix it. And when you are, and when you, when that fear grips your heart, and I'm sorry, y'all, I'm getting a little bit emotional (laughs) Um, because this was, I just lived this thing. I just lived this thing. So, I don't even know if I'm going to publish this episode. I just lived this thing. And the centurion, he could have allowed the fear that he would lose this person who was so dear to him to death. But he didn't. He sought, he sought Jesus. He sought Jesus. And the Bible says that the centurion came to him <clears throat> and pleaded with him. But although that although he was pleading with Jesus, he still had an understanding of authority. Not his own, but he had an authority. He he had an understanding of Jesus' authority over this thing. And so his understanding of Jesus' authority over illness, over affliction, over infirmity, that activated his faith. And arrested his fear. And so Jesus marvels, the text tells us that Jesus marveled at that faith and said, I've not found such great faith, not even in Israel. Excuse me. The centurion's faith that all Jesus had to do was speak that thing was remarkable. My question for you today is, do you have remarkable faith? Is your faith remarkable? Would Jesus marvel at the faith you have over the situation that you are facing? And I don't know what your situation is. It could be financial. It could be a health scare. It could be, uh, I don't know. Maybe you've got a a wayward child. Maybe you've got, uh, I I, I don't know. Maybe, Maybe your marriage is on the rocks. 
But God wants you to activate your faith and arrest your fear. Fear is an enemy of faith. The Bible talks about a double-minded man in the book of James. Uh, let me see if I, and by the way, y'all, because all of this is so fresh, I literally have my Bible right in front of me. Um, James chapter one, verse six, but let him ask in faith with no doubting for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind for let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. That, that right there for me is a constant reminder that my faith cannot be wavering. I need to say that differently. Christ is our solid rock. He is our firm foundation. What does that mean? That he's faithful, that we can establish our trust on him. We can build our trust on him. We can pour our faith into him and he will do it. He will do it. He will do it. I believe in episode one, how did I get here? I talked about, um, and I want to say that my words were like, you cannot act in faith on the word of somebody you don't believe loves you. Faith is a love action. All right. And, and not out of our love for God, but his love for us. Do you believe that God loves you? Do you truly believe that God loves you? I had this conversation with my mother and I said to her that we have got to rest in the reassurance that God loves us and that he is perfecting everything that concerns us. What does that mean? That means that even that child, that wayward child, even your finances, even your struggle to find employment, even your out of control spouse, God loves you so much that he is perfecting that. He is making that thing better. So your faith needs to rem hmm. help me, Holy Ghost. Your faith needs to respond as if God loves you. You cannot say that you know the Lord loves you and then you respond in fear to everything. If God be for you, who can be against you? What can be against you? Nothing and no one can be against you. Nothing can prosper against you, literally nothing. If it is happening in your life, God is using it for your good. Yes, it's hard. Yes, it's uncomfortable. No, it doesn't feel good to your flesh. But if you're looking at your life through a spiritual lens, 
If you're looking at your life through a spiritual perspective, then you'll understand these crushing moments. You'll understand that the crushing is what brings the new wine. You will receive the crushing in discomfort, but responding in faith. And when you activate your faith, when you respond in faith, your fear will be arrested. If you are afraid, if you are struggling with anxiety, yes, anxiety is real. I know anxiety is a real diagnosis. I've been diagnosed with it. I am free from it today because I had to understand that whenever I was anxious, it was a fear response. I was afraid of something. And most of the times I was afraid of something imagined. Making that stuff up in my mind, stuff that ain't never happened to me. Just making it up. And 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 terrified, sweating bullets over it. That was the adversary using fear to arrest my faith. Faith is the cheat code. It's the cheat code. Them things you've been praying over, don't be afraid, only believe. Those family members that still ain't saved that you've been praying over, don't be afraid, only believe. Those bills you can't pay, your account is empty, maybe even overdrawn, don't be afraid, only believe. Don't be afraid, only believe. That diagnosis, huh? Don't be afraid, only believe. Oh, thank you, Lord. It is imperative to your relationship with God that you trust him. And faith is acting like you trust him. Faith is acting like he's telling the truth. If the Lord dropped into your spirit that there was a check for $250,000 in your mailbox. If he dropped that in your spirit, would you go outside and check your mailbox? Yes, that's faith. That's faith. I believe that the Lord is telling me the truth, that there's a check for 250. Lord, is there a check in my mailbox? Maybe I need to go check my mailbox today. Hold on. <laughs> Why you put that in my spirit, Lord? I'm gonna go check my mailbox. Soon as I'm done recording this, I'm gonna go check my mail. But... That is an act of faith. But I want you to understand that God is not always going to call you to things that make you feel good. I'm talking to me. He's not always going to call us to things that make us feel good. Sometimes he's going to call us to things that stretch us. And he's going to call us to stuff that makes us feel crushed and uncomfortable. And he's going to call us to stuff and he, and, and off, and sometimes he's not even going to give us all the instructions, right? We know that because he did it to Abraham. He told him to leave his family and go to a place. I will show you. I will show you, which means I'm not showing you right now. I will show you. And guess what? When Abraham got to where the Lord told him to go, when the Lord was like, okay, stop here. There was a famine there. Abraham 
dove headfirst into a famine on faith. Anybody left a job on faith and walked right into a famine? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Lord. Mm. I want you to know that your faith is an action. It's a step that you have to take when you don't always know what the next step is. But it will be your fear that arrests your faith and keeps you in bondage. God wants you to be free. God wants you to be free. He wants you to be free from your fear, but he also wants you to be free from the misery you're facing in some of your circumstances, whatever those circumstances are. So when he calls you to step out on faith so that he can free you, you can't respond in fear. I'm And, and I'm going to go back to the job thing because I know that's kind of like lately, lately I have been hearing from a lot of people that the Lord is calling them out of their job. And by the way, the Lord ain't going to call you out of something into nothing. Even when he called the children of Israel out of Egypt, he called them into the wilderness for a reason. And what does scripture say? To worship me. He called them out of Egypt to worship him. Okay. In the wilderness, he always intended for them to go through the wilderness season. The wilderness season was not a mistake. And it was not that they were in the wilderness because of their complaining. No, they were in the wilderness because that's where the Lord called them to be. Now they, they delayed their possession of the promised land because of their faith, their lack of faith, right? And, and because they, you know, idols and erecting other gods and all these other things. But they were always supposed to hit a wilderness season. Some, oftentimes, maybe all the time, Lord. I mean, since we're looking at these examples, it looks, it seems like all the time, every time God calls you to step out on faith, you're going to hit a wilderness. You're going to be in a wilderness. But what do you do in that wilderness? You, you worship. And worship is another act of faith because it's, you are acknowledging that in the middle of your mess, that God is still on the throne. See, I need to say this, how it's happening in my mind. Everybody want a savior. Nobody wants a Lord. We all want God. Oh, fix this. Fix that. Rescue me. Get me out of this. Get me out of that. Nobody wants to say, Lord, I submit to the crushing. Lord, I submit to the stretching. Lord, I trust that you know best. So I submit to this wilderness season. I submit to this. I, I, I submit to this famine. Because clearly this is where you've led me, Lord. Nobody wants a Lord. Everybody wants the Lord that want, wants God to fix it. And he will fix it. Because if he called you, he is faithful to do the thing he promised you he would do. But you, but you, need, but you need to respect that there's a Lord over your situation. One with authority over that situation. One who has given you authority over the adversary. One who's given you authority 
over that situation. Faith and authority are in agreement. Okay. I need to see, I need to say it like I see it, Lord. It's like I'm, I'm seeing it in my head and I want to say it to you guys the way I'm seeing it. In my mind, I'm seeing faith and authority, like walking literally like two people <laughs> and they're, they're holding hands, right? And as they let go of one another, one falls. As they hold on to each other, they can both stand. But if they let go of each other, they fall. That's what's happening in my mind. So I want, I'm trying to communicate it to you the way it's happening inside my head. Faith and authority are in agreement. Here's how. They both say it is so. Both of them say it is so. Authority is the posture. Right. So like I think of authority as the way you move in faith. Right. But faith is the move. Faith is the action. So at the very least, going back to this, you know, having to step out of your job because you feel called by the Lord to do that, then stepping out. And entering this wilderness season as an act of obedience, another act of obedience needs to follow. And what is that act of obedience? It's the worship. Because that is what God has called us to do in the wilderness season. Worship him. Worshiping a sovereign God who is in control of your circumstances, using this crushing and this stretching to perfect you. To perfect you. There is a scripture in the book of James. Um, I'm going to find it. I, like I said, I know y'all can hear me turning the pages of this big old Bible. Um, and it says... Oh, let me see here. It says something. Oh, here we go. Right back to James chapter one, verse two. My brethren, count it all joy when you face, when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. You are using your faith and you are acting in faith in the posture of authority right? But you are exercising patience through worship in the wilderness. And the Bible says that patience will have its perfect work so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. It's extremely important that we recognize the connection between our faith, God's love, and our fear. First of all, the Bible says perfect love casts out fear, which means that fear and love are in opposition. So if you are operating in fear, that means you do not recognize God's love for you. That means you do not have a full understanding of God's love for you. You have not fully received it. 
if you are operating in fear, there is literally no way you will ever convince me that you know God's love for you. Because the two cannot exist in the same place. If perfect love, which is from Christ, casts out fear, then we don't know love if we're operating in fear. We're not operating in, in God's love for us. And remember that faith is the love action. You act in faith because you believe that God loves you. If he loves you, he's not going to let you fall. He's not going to let you suffer beyond what you need. He's not going to let you suffer beyond what sharpens you and what prepares you and what perfects you. He won't do it. So as I'm saying all of this, the Holy Spirit is just giving me, you know, more and more and more and Lord is starting to get a little bit overwhelming here. <laughs> but there was a scripture that uh, I hope I can find it. But um, for those of you who, you know, have, have ever attended my Bible study, I teach a, I don't, I, I collaborate with other women at the worship center in Mount Clemens, Michigan. Shout out to the worship center, um, Bishop and pastors, uh, pa Bishop Terrence Brailsford and pastor Teresa Brailsford. I, uh, you know, collaborate with some of the women um, in their ministry and we teach a Bible study uh, or a book study. So right now we're studying a book by Jennifer Dukes Lee called It's All Under Control. That might be one of the books that we examine on. Uh, it's in the book because it's, it's really powerful. But anyway, uh, I actually just taught on Monday and there was a scripture that the Lord gave me to share with the women. And it was about you know, like real love. And I thought, well, Lord, what are you trying to say about my love for you? Like, are you saying that my love for you is not real? And I want to share with you all the scripture because I believe it'll bless you. And it is first John chapter four, verse 10. It says in this is love in this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. One translation, I want to say it's like the contemporary English version, um, says that our love for God isn't even real love. It said real love is not that we love God. And I'm like, what? I know my love for God is real. But when you look at it in comparison to God's love for us, we have no we are we don't have the capacity to love like that god loved us so much he gave a child for us himself his spirit poured into the flesh body broken tortured suffered the most brutal death and did not complain oh my god oh that's a word and did not complain 
he did not complain. Mm, my God. That's a story for we're gonna talk about that another time because that that's overwhelming to my heart. Like my heart is racing thinking about that. But he didn't complain and he suffered that death. Now, I know lots of us, whether whether you're thinking of Christ as the son of God or you're thinking of Christ as the physical manifestation of God's spirit, um, either way, whether you're thinking of yourself giving your life for sh the sins of strangers or giving the life of one of your children for the sins of strangers, you would not do it. I wouldn't do it. Not with the way people act. No, 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 I'm not doing it. So clearly I don't know real love, <laughs> right? Well, clearly my love is, you know, I love God, but I remember telling the Lord, like, if the cost is losing a child, I don't want it. Whatever you're calling me to do, keep it because I'm not going to give up one of my kids for it. And, and listen, I know that probably sounds real rude <laughs> and, and Ooh, girl, what can't be talking to the Lord like that. But listen, like I said earlier, your, your earthly relationships parallel your relationship with God. You have a personal intimate relationship with him. And so, yeah, that's the way I, I, I get real gritty with the Lord. It's not like he don't know that I'm already thinking it. I might as well just go ahead and say it out of the abundance of the heart. The mouth speaks that's in the book. What was in my heart? I'm not giving up my child for this. So the only love that or the only one who has the capacity to love in such a way that literally everything he says he does is God. You love people, you tell them you're going to do things for them or do, listen. Now I know some of y'all cuz I know me. I know y'all do this too. You got friends and you like, "Oh, I haven't seen you in so long. We got to get together. Let's make a plan." When y'all going out? Never. You ain't made no plans yet. But you love that friend. Doesn't mean you don't love your friend. It just means that your love for your friend is not enough for you to for you to carry through. For you to for you to follow through, right? God says, "No, no, 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 no. My love is like that." You can act in faith on my love because baby, listen, if I tell you I'm going to do a thing, I do it. I have never seen God give me a word or make me a promise that he did not fulfill. I've never seen it happen. I say to one of my mentees, I say, God don't miss even in this. He's never let me down. That is love. That is the love that you can act in faith on. You will act in faith on the word of somebody who, listen, somebody you ain't never been able to trust. <laughs> Not with important things. You will act in faith on gossip. 
You'll believe when somebody whisper in your ear about somebody else, you'll believe that. But you don't want to believe the Lord when he tells you, listen, go this way. I got you. It's going to be hard, but I got you. It's going to be uncomfortable, but on the other side of this, you're going to be better prepared for the next thing I've got for you. I have been praying for two days about, you know, um, you know, just asking the Lord to be very clear to me about his promise for my life. And I'm like, Lord, you know, I acted in faith really on a singular promise, but the promise was vague, but I didn't care that the promise was vague because I believed God. The promise that he gave me when he at, when he, uh, you know, called me to change some things in my life. He gave me two promises. The first promise was back in January of 2022. And I shared this in uh, episode one, how did I get here? He said, if you give me a year, I will radically change your life. And that promise did come to pass and it is still playing out, which is crazy. But um, he gave me another promise and he said, the glory of this latter house shall be greater than of the former house. And it was only recently that I was like, Lord, I feel like that's low key vague. Like you, you, uh, uh-uh. like I need you to be upfront with me. What specifically is my promise? I want to know because right now I'm in a season where I'm starting to get not weary, but I'm experiencing fatigue because I'm, I'm having to have long-term faith. And it's nothing wrong with having long-term faith, but it's hard to do it when it looks like you're surrounded by things that could, I don't want to say kill you, but kill your dream, right? So, ooh, Lord, I don't know how long this episode is getting, but that's all right. Holy Ghost is speaking. So, um... When I asked him to be clear about the promise, he showed up with an answer. (laughs) He showed up with an answer immediately. And when he gave me the answer, it was a reminder that he'd made that promise to me many years ago, even before I started on this journey. And what's so important about that is, and I I don't want to share the promise with y'all. I'm sorry. (laughs) Y'all nosy. Um, I'm just kidding. Maybe not. Maybe you are nosy and I just, you know, I don't know. (laughs) Uh, But if it was me, I'd be listening to this like, well, girl, what's the promise? Come on, tell us. But God made a, when he clarified the promise for me, which was just yesterday, everything I'm going through right now just made so much more sense. And I said, oh my God, like the crushing right now, whoo, the crushing right now, the stretching right now is sharpening in me a stewardship for the next for the next thing, for the moment when the promise comes. Right now, this crushing, every the part of my life that he's crushing is the part of my life where I'm going to prosper. 
And so the faith that I have to have right now, coupled with the authority that I have to have right now, is the thing that will give me the endurance to run the race he's set before me. You have need of endurance. We all have need of endurance because we have to have long faith sometimes. But again, faith is a love action. And I could not continue this crushing, this stretching, this season of my life, this wilderness. I could not continue it if I did not fully believe with every ounce of myself that he loves me and that he is faithful to do it because he loves me. Because he loves me. And I love him, but I move in faith not because I love him, but because he loves me. If I was moving on my own love, I could take that love back anytime I wanted to. Hey, listen, y'all know it's true. As soon as I don't get what I want, I could be like, all right, Lord, like that's, that's it. Not that I, and I'm not talking about really doing that to the Lord. Cause you know, I love him obviously, but, but we do that in our earthly relationships. Remember I said, again, I'm reiterating for the third time that your earthly relationships parallel your relationship with God and vice versa. The way you treat God is the way you treat people. Come on now. The Bible says that when, when the people were complaining against Moses, Moses reminded them, Hey, you're not complaining against me. You're complaining against the Lord. The way we treat God is the way we treat people. And the way we treat people is the way we're treating God. So when you look at your relationship and you decide your relationship doesn't serve you anymore. And I'm not just talking, I'm not talking about your heavenly, your spiritual relationship. I'm talking about your relationship with your friends, your your marriage. This is how we treat our earthly relationships, right? If it stops serving me, I remove my love from it. I remove my commitment. So you cannot act on faith out of your own love because your love is unstable and unreliable. Sorry. We don't want to think of ourselves that way, but that's why my prayer was, Lord, help us to see ourselves. We all have need of self-awareness in every, in every single day, every season of our lives, you, me, we all have need of self-awareness. You need to have the blinders removed from your eyes so that you can see yourself clearly and be able to recognize that you don't have the capacity to love like God does and your love. And we're talking about just in this context, just for this particular conversation, your love is not enough for you to act on faith. Again, because the moment you don't get what you want, the moment you feel like the situation don't serve you, you will take your love back. 
you will decommit. So having said that, I'm sorry. I hope this wasn't harsh. Like I don't really try to be that way. And I, I don't try to openly rebuke people either. I hope y'all don't, that's not the energy I'm giving. Um, I don't want this to give, you know, <laughs> uh, rebuke. I'm not rebuking you. I really do love you. Even though I don't know you, I do love you. My heart is for you. I pray that God, I pray always that God just gives me a heart to serve you and to set you free. And I want you to be free today to do two things. To one, receive God's love. And two, to act on it. Use your, your faith is your love action. Your faith says, Lord, I know that you love me. And because I know that you love me, I know you won't fail me. And because I know you won't fail me, I submit to your plans for my life. I submit to your commandment. I submit, I, I, I obey, I will be obedient. Yes, God is your savior, but would you let him be your Lord today? Would you just let him be your Lord today? Just like the centurion, just because he's your Lord, it doesn't mean that he doesn't love you. The centurion, he, this, the text says that the servant, his servant was dear to his heart. His servant was dear to him. And he acted on faith and he understood authority. And he said, Lord, speak a word. He arrested his fear. So um, that's all I have for y'all today. <laughs> oh, this has been an emotional episode for me today. And um, I really hope it didn't seem like rambling. And I really hope uh, Frankenstein called it the ramblings of a madman. <laughs> or Mary Shelley called it the ramblings of a madman. I hope it. Um, hope this doesn't sound like the ramblings of a madman. And... Um, I I want to pray that I want to pray that where your faith has grown weary or where your faith has been built on the wrong things that where there is where you are operating fear operating in fear that those things would be arrested today. So I'm going to pray us out. <clears throat> and um, yeah, I'm excited for, I'm, I'm excited for the, the road ahead for us. Like I, <laughs> interestingly enough, kind of, I, I, I'm, I, again, like I said, I am a planner and a preparer. And so the Lord giving me this at five o'clock in the morning, literally 24 hours before this drops was tough, but uh, this is really just kind of going to be a raw take. And um, I hope it blesses you. I hope it sets you free. Let's pray. 
Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you so much, God, that you've shown up today, Lord, and that you've brought a word, Lord, and that you trusted me, God, a humble vessel to deliver this word to your people. Lord, in due season, at an appointed time, God, that the person who needed to hear this received it today. Lord, I ask that you give every listener an understanding, God, of your love, that they would receive it, Lord, that they would act in faith on your love for them, God, and not their love for you. Lord, that you would give them an understanding of their authority, Lord, so that when they act in faith, they do so expecting that hell will submit in the name of Jesus. Lord, I ask that you touch every household represented by my listeners. Lord, that you would bless them with an abundance of the intangible God, love, joy, and above all, peace. Lord, we thank you for the revelation, confirmation, and affirmation that comes from your word. And Lord, I ask that even though you used me to speak to others, God, that you're also speaking to me, Lord, that I might take the word that you have given me for them and use it for myself as well. I thank you and I praise you. And it is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. All right, y'all, I got to go. Thank you so much for tuning in to It's in the Book with your host, Kelly. I am always tremendously grateful that you tune in and support this podcast. I know that you could be listening to another podcast. I know that you could be doing something else with your time, but you choose to support It's in the Book by tuning in. So tremendous thanks to you um, always, 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 always. Thank you so, so much. And I hope that when you tune in, you get revelation, right? That that you always learn something new um, or that you get a new perspective. And, and I hope that it confirms some things for you that you've already been hearing from the Lord and the Lord just speaks through me to you so that he can say, yeah, this is the thing I've been trying to tell you, right? But I also hope that the word affirms you, that you are always um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, like that you are always sure or reassured of God's love for you and empowered to act in faith and arrest your fear because you know that God loves you, right? God is everything, but above all, well, he is all things, but evil, but above all, he is love. He is love. And because he loves you, I love you. Okay. Until next week. Bye.